Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, uh, and we are so glad you are here. And where is here? Here is in Sugarland, Texas, Sugarland Baptist Church, and we are the men of Man Up. It's an adult Bible fellowship for men only, and here at Sugarland Baptist Church. And what we do in this podcast is we go over a lesson, and we are in the called to serve study and we have a panel of awesome guys that go ahead we talk about the lesson and we bring real men issues and attitude to the lesson and one thing that you might have heard from the opening that we had we're not pastors we're regular guys well we're breaking that tonight because we have Pastor Post has joined us. So I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to introduce the people that we have here. And then I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and maybe talk a little bit about the lesson. And the thing about it is we are blowing up so big that we have a one of our members is not even here and we got him called in and that's Mr. Steve Titch. So we have Steve Titch who is our policy writer, professional gambler, who's calling us from a hospital room. Uh, Memorial uh, Herman. Memorial Herman, yeah, let's go ahead and plug him. Uh, In rehab and uh, he's given the staff a break so uh, while we're doing the podcast. Also we have He is a Fortune 500 company professional trainer. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. We have uh, City of Houston prosecutor, so don't do anything wrong. He'll throw the book at you. He is an attorney. Uh, We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hi, everyone. And uh, we have a risk guy. He happens to be our deacon as well. He's Mr. Kyle Trahan is here. And I believe, Pastor, weren't you an accountant at one time? Mm-hmm. And so you're, yes. a, you're a numbers guy yes. Yes. and an accountant. So, uh, and that's pa- I, I Pastor Larry Post. Bookie or something? No, oh, Bookie, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in, hey, that's right. Bookie for the game board. <laughs> that, that, that's right, in this class. Okay, and, um, and my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy. I'm the director of the Man Up class, but I'm a writer and actor, uh, is what I do on the side. So, I'm going to go around the room, and I'm going to go to the little box first. Because we are glad that Steve Titch is uh, able to join us. So go ahead and say hi to everybody, Steve. Well, good. Hello, everyone. It's Steve. It's Titch here again. Um, calling in from uh, Rehab Rehabilitation Center in Katy, not too far away from you guys. Oh, Katy. Uh, not too far away from home. And, um, and uh, if, if we may get interrupted, they, they do come in and out. Just check vinyls. Um, so if you hear some noise in the background and uh, it's either it's 
it's that's probably what's going on. Um, if it doesn't get edited out at the at the uh, after we finish, but uh, that I, I'm not going to tell you the details. But I had a, a household accident involved in fall, and um, so I have I'm recovering from broken leg, a broken elbow, uh, a dislocated shoulder. What else is that one? A bit of a fractured pelvis. Um, I. I it was a miracle for me to get through, and it really was. Uh, people are saying this was the Lord. I can't argue with it because I can't think of any other scenario that would have worked out better. But, um, but I don't want to hold up the show. Um, if you want me to go ahead with some thoughts on lesson, I can. I can. I can take a back seat while, while someone else speaks up. No, absolutely. Go ahead and uh, give your thoughts on the lesson, Steve. Because uh, I've been thinking about this. I'm throw a little bit of a bomb in. And it's great to have a pastor because I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear some of the things here. But really, for Christians and the church, money and giving is the elephant in the room. I'm, you know, the classic, you know, stereotypical hang-up is, is that Christians are supposed to have is about sex. Um, Christians have nothing on sex when it comes to money. Um, and, it, and, and thinking about this, money money is the uh, tensest intersection between our fallen world and the kingdom of God. Uh, money makes the world work. We see this happen right in this lesson. In order for the, the Macedonians to give their money to help other churches. And we see this elsewhere throughout, uh, throughout Acts. And we see Jesus call upon uh, people to make the same example. Um, money also pulls the world. Uh, money makes the uh, money makes the world work, and, that, and that's really the thing. You know, in order to get the kingdom work done, money has to get involved. But money also pulls the world apart. It Absolutely, pulls the world apart. It pulls countries. You take it at every level: world, countries, families, individuals, friendships. Um, how 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 we influence it has, and we are told we are told at the end of the day in the kingdom context, money doesn't matter, possessions, wealth don't matter. So we have this huge um, conflict. It's no, no no doubt about it. These tectonic plates that we need money even to do good. We need money. Um, we need what the world puts value on. You could put it. Gold dollars. Nonetheless, absolutely, it is it is so nefarious that it, it can't be. It, it, the, 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 the problems it can create are myriad. So um, this is this is you know this is what this is what I my my, my first thought. Like. I'd love to see what, what other people think. You know that is great, and I'd just like to make a, a quick observation among the fellows here. Don't you feel like we're in Charlie's Angels? We got Charlie on the box. <laughs> he's the smartest of the whole bunch, you know. <laughs> Robert Koshy. Yeah. So, so I have a real unique perspective. Okay. On this, partially yes. because, uh, so Bill always refers to me as a Fortune 500 trainer, but I work for AIG. Right. And I was an AIG employee in 2008. If everybody can do the math, you know what happened, and you know what my company was involved in. At the same time, my lovely bride, who has put up with me for 28 years, she is in the mortgage foreclosure business. 
So my my family was, we kind of joke, we were the epicenter of the financial crisis, of the Great Recession. Right. And so after that, I actually did a lot of impartial and imparting study on this. I I probably, my, my wife gives me grief because I have probably three file cabinets full of stuff on the crisis and stuff afterwards. And as Steve said, we have to have money. I mean, we just have to have it. It is a legitimate need, not only for us individually, but also for us, as Steve alluded to, for kingdom work. But what happens when the money becomes so great that it overtakes everything else, we see things where companies design metrics where it actually encourages bad behavior from their employees. The most recent egregious example of this was actually Wells Fargo where they were going out and basically creating right. accounts. Right, fake accounts. They, exactly. And, right. and why that happened is they were rewarding employees based on the number of accounts you could open. Right. right. And so money becomes this driver for everything we do, and when, as Steve said, when we lose the, lose the perspective of money's true purpose, then we get totally lost in what's going on. How do we keep that perspective? That's what this passage talks about, because it talks about generous giving. And the right, generous right, giving part right. is what allows us to gain that perspective for money's true purpose in life. Excellent, excellent. Michael Cropper. Okay. Uh, boy, I'm in agreement with both Robert and uh, Stephen. I'm so glad Steve brought up the, the point that money does drive in extreme opposites. It tears families apart. It, uh, it causes divorces. In fact, I think the number one, Larry could confirm this, the one number one cause of divorce is money, not the other relationships and such like that and how you what you do with it and how you use it. So right. I'm so glad uh, y'all said this, and I'm, I'm going to jump because we don't have a lot of time left. But the point is, this passage says, when you give, give joyfully. Right. It would be better for you not right. to give than to not, if you can't give joyfully, don't give. Right, right. So anyway. Deacon Kyle. You know, when you think about what we've been going over, and it's you know all about ser- how to serve and everything else, and we've said it a bunch of times, you know, throughout these lessons that, you know, it's finding what God has instilled in you and developing it, praying about it and cultivating it. And giving generously is in that same realm because we, we mentioned it on Sunday that it's, you know, uh, it can be of your time. It can be of your money. You know, it's not... It be your, your talent. Your Absolutely. talent. And, Developing that and giving it and giving of yourself as well. And so it's just being prayerful and mindful and, and trying to develop those habits, you know, and the talents. Right. You know, right. Because giving generously, that's a habit. That's all that is. Right. You know, you write it in your budget and then you don't even think about it. Then it's just natural. Right. You know, but it's also giving beyond that. Excellent. And uh, and as I alluded to earlier, uh, we are going to break the rules because we're men, and, and that's what we do. This is man up, and uh, we are going to have a pastor talk. <laughs> and Pastor Post, go ahead and uh, give your views on this as well. 
Well, it's interesting that um, I was sitting here listening to, to all of y'all talk about the uh, thing, and most of the time, except for when Kyle was speaking, it was, the subject was giving of your, the money and everything. But uh, I, I was thinking back to, to what did Jesus give? Jesus basically had nothing. He came into this world. He emptied himself of his heavenly uh, trappings. He, he gave up his, his divinity. Uh, he gave up his... Um, um, he gave up his... Um, uh, his abilities, if you will... And he, he basically gave of everything that he had, which was grace, love, and compassion. And so that's basically, I think, what you're talking about, Kyle, is we, we think of giving money, and that's, that's obviously a, a big a part of what Paul was talking about here in, in 2 Corinthians. But I think it's also very prudent that we think about if we don't have a lot of money, we certainly have talents, we have time, Absolutely. we can give of ourselves. Right. Absolutely. To, to, and, and it really doesn't matter what the circumstances are because God will use us. We are vessels. And God will use us in whatever He is trying to accomplish. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It costs you time and it costs your talents. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out because... What you're saying is true, but this lesson, and we've talked about this in other lessons, this lesson is about money, and it's about a, what is the Christian person's relationship with money? And Paul says something very radical here, in, 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 in second, with the passage we had, let me get a, it's a second Corinthians chapter eight, uh, verse 13. Um, he has an end result in mind. This is more than just the Macedonians sending money to help. He writes, Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed. And in other words, you know, that somebody else gets goodies while you're working. He says, but there, there might be equality. And you know, I, I don't hear this passage spoken, <laughs> especially in conservative churches. And I'm not and I'm no, I'm no socialist radical here. I'm pretty much a free marketer. But these are the types of passages that send shivers down my spine as a, what I would say is a fairly upper middle class person. Because what I'm hearing in this is that we're supposed to be, you know, as, as Obama was kind of laughed at, we're supposed to be spreading the wealth around. Um, that, that the idea isn't that there's, you know, the idea is that it's not yours. Um, it's and and and, and these are tr I'm not I'm not saying I have an answer here, but I'm saying what is they what is, what is he telling us about a Christian's relationship with his money, whether he's a millionaire or is living paycheck to paycheck or is in total poverty, and that is it's too easy sometimes to say okay I'm going to write my habitual ten percent or I'm what is what does it mean? And how do you counter just the idea of guilt? I mean, you throw guilt on you. You ought to do it, or you're a Christian. You ought to do it. Uh, and so, I'm 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 to plumb this a little deeper. It's, I think it's it's pretty serious. And and the church right now, I think the church has been very generous to in this in this current situation. I am uh, both both yes, in time and in money. Um, but then it's 
more than the platitudes of, of you know, 10% or tithe for what we ought to do or giving joyously. I think this is about a relationship, and I think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, about your relationship with your honey and wealth. Yes, I'm, that, that is yeah. exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture for you men out there that uh, are tuning in. This is from 2 Corinthians uh, 8, verses 1 through 15. No, I've got a Bible slide check, so go ahead and shoot me Okay, and now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trials, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want you to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is accessible, is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much. He who gathered little did not have too little. Now, uh, one of the uh, things, impressions that I have uh, from this lesson is this. Where a person money goes, so does their interest and actions. And that's kind of what I wanted to throw out uh, as well. It, it, it's, it's about your attitude and your focus towards money. When you take the focus off of what the purpose... The purpose of money is to provide a living for you, your family and to support yourself and your family for what you need to do. Now, what do you need to live? You need housing, okay? You need food, okay? Now, does housing mean a 4,000 square foot, two-story house with a swimming pool in the back? Right. And does food mean I'm eating a 
filet mignon, one inch cut steak every night with potatoes. Whether I can healthy afford to eat that or not. Maybe for you. But do you hoard the money so you can have that and not give? Or do you make the money, you live on what you live on, you decide what style of living you want, but then you give over and above that generosity. And I think that's where this passage is heading because he's talking about the rich gave out of their generosity, the poor gave over and above their generosity, above they were able. It, it, the whole biblical approach to money really revolves around your attitude towards it and I, what you do. And, and I feel, though, that it was more about the community. It's the, about the, 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 It's like you alluded to, Robert alluded to, you do it for family, but this, in this particular passage, it's as if all the believers are considered family. And we are. Well, would, would we consider this? Now, just, just basically, sorry, I'm, I'm sure there's some people, if you're a new Christian, or if you may not be a Christian or trust in the Lord, you're wondering what we mean by giving. Well, first of all, I would, I would think the basis here starts with tithing to the church, and the giving we're talking about here is very possibly and very probably over and above the tithe which you'd be given to the church. Does anybody have any comment on that? Yeah. And uh, I giving is above and beyond. Right. Tithe, okay. tithe is tithe. Tithe is tithe. Above. The giving. And giving is. Pastor, do you have uh, an opinion on that? Well, I mean, obviously tithing is a biblical perspective, and that was that was brought into the Old Testament even well before the, the law. The problem that you run into is in the Old Testament that the concept of a tithe Somebody was mentioning uh, willingness versus uh, a have-to attitude. Is right. the tithe is very quickly yeah. evolved into a almost a a have-to rote type thing? It became there was no worshipfulness in there. There was mm -hmm. no willingness to to give to the glory of the kingdom for the glory of God. It's the guy that takes his his gross paycheck, puts point one in the calculator. And then writes the check for thirty. What did you use? Thirty dollars and seventeen cents. Right. And he, <laughs> because and that's if he could go to a half a cent, he probably would. He, he rounds it down to the seventeen, not right. the eighteen. Right. Yeah, right. It, it, yeah. It's because and that's so, my tie. And so the, the, the tie in the in the Old Testament, after the law came about, and by that I mean the Mosaic law. Once the law came out, like many other things, the Old Testament uh, children of Israel. It became just one more in one more series of laws that they had to observe, and it was so drudgery and so piled on that by the time Jesus came, they were just inundated with, I think it was like 613 laws on top of the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, right. and so they had lost complete track of what it was all about. Well, Jesus came along and basically said through Jesus and through Paul and, and the other New Testament writers, no, 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 no. You give what you can, whether it be money, or whether it be like the widows might. You give all you can, all you have, but you give it with a willing heart and with a with love and kindness, and as an outpouring of love towards your fellow man. Not because it's a drudgery, and not because somebody is sitting there. And I think that's a problem for us today. How many of us? Uh, 
write the check or do the direct deposit or whatever we do simply because oh well it's that I got paid it's I do it twice a month and it's a it's a an automate thing with no thought of worship or no thought of of giving with a generous heart at all oh I I, honestly I mean I totally identify with that uh, myself I mean Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to bring Kyle in here and I want to allude to something that Steve said earlier though about the equality thing and that he is absolutely on point in the fact that you typically and, and and (laughs) <laughs> most definitely Southern Baptist churches, which is what we are, this equality thing is a little bit left of what <laughs> of what we can go into, you know, uh, of what we subscribe to. So, uh, and I'd like to just uh, bring in Kyle a little bit uh, as we have uh, children running by. That, 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 would, be our like that, that, that is our that, that is our sixth graders, actually. And that, that's right, and that's the reason why there's a lock on the door in Manoff, you know. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, well, you know when when we talk equality, you know it's a a hard word for this day and age in our society. You know, because, you know... Western so civilization society, especially. Uh, okay, especially. Okay, thank you. Very good very, point, very Professor. Good clarification there. Okay. Right. Um, you know, when I stop and I think of equality, it, it brings you back to, like, the hurricane. You know, you didn't see color. You didn't see race. You didn't see age. All those things you can discriminate against. You didn't see them. You saw you community. Saw community. Absolutely. People being equal. Didn't matter. You were all in the same boat, in or not in the same boat for that. <laughs> Many boats, literally and figuratively. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, and, Several occasions. You know, certainly when you bring in the the concept of money and equality, you know that's going to raise a lot of hairs. You know, on a lot of people, because hey, I worked my tail off for all of this money. You know, why should I give it to so and so? You know, um, but you know the the things that, that we try and learn and that God tries to teach us is you know it's it's not about the money you know it is supposed to be brotherly love you know and and going after it that way and it's just such a hard lesson for all of us to to learn yeah that's very solid uh I just want to throw something out here and then and uh, and then throw it back to Steve but uh the concept to me seems like we as people, and uh, particularly men, we are more than willing to help everybody to come up to an acceptable level. However, we're like the crabs that will pull the other crab down that's trying to get out of the bucket. You know? Uh, Really? You know, when you have crabs <laughs> in a bucket and they yeah, go no, out, that's they a good analogy. <laughs> that's a great yeah. analogy. Where yeah. some of these things come from, though? Are right, these, right. The <laughs> things <laughs> that roll around and build it. Well, I mean, it, that's it's a like great analogy. It, it's like you could help yourself, but don't take too much. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and really, that's the kind of uh, like what Robert said. Western. Oh. Most definitely. Yeah, and a hyper competitive capitalistic society. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and we're we're running uh, um, 
short on time. This was a a, a short podcast, and I, but I want to get Steve's uh, uh, basic summary if uh, if you're still there and available. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I'm done. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be um and, and <laughs> my latest background. Is he's one of the I've written a heck of a lot about free market economics. Um, and how it works, and how I think it is beneficial to society at large. Now I'm going to throw this up. The, and I think this goes deep. I think, and, and this is hard. This is hard for especially wealthy Christians and, or affluent Christians and, and, and pastors. And believe me, I sympathize with you. This amazing pastor joke about the, you know, the quarterly uh, tithing talk. But here, here's what I'm trying to get you on this. Um, the economic system, anything, is fallen. Um, money in the Bible is an idol. It's, it's, it's one of the first. Um, and it's always there. And there are all sorts of problems that occur to righteous and unrighteous people because sometimes money becomes an idol. Um, and in our own system, it's entwined in. And, and I think that's that's maybe where we can start to understand the nature of sin. And uh, you, you kind of gave the straw man argument. The guy, the wealthy guy who eats every night and has a big house. I, I'm going to make it a little more personal. And I'm going to say, as a, I can afford to feed my family fresh fruits and vegetables. We don't eat steak um, from, you know, every night. We don't, we don't eat the highest priced cuts of meat or fish, but we can afford to buy fresh fruits, vegetables, healthy foods, while there are people who are getting by, who are down the aisles, the only thing they can afford is the processed stuff that is unhealthy. And we need, we can't sit there as Christians and be satisfied with that. Now, I'm not going to run out and protest, I'm, I'm saying this should disquiet Christians when they talk about how great the system is. Because, yes, the, 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 we can get fresh fruits and vegetables and foods to market like no other economy. However, we're still in a sinful world. And somewhere along the line, it becomes our responsibility as church and Christians to work toward correcting that. And I think that's active. I mean, that's going out. It is. It is giving money. It is feeding the hungry. It is feeding the starving children. But it's also thinking hard, making hard choices about about one's own financial choices, and and really keeping that idol of gold out of the house and at arm's length. Excellent, excellent. Um, just going to go around the room and. Uh, let all the fellows uh, basically give a summary uh, on this, and uh, let's start out with the professor. Yeah, we're, we're called to give out of our heart. Our money, the way we handle our money is all about our attitude towards it as Christians, and we're called to give and give generously, and I think this passage very specifically speaks to that. Great, great. Judge? Okay, a paragraph from the, uh, the lesson we, we, uh, we looked at, and, and, I, and I absolutely appreciate everyone sharing because I, I, it reminds me that, that, you know what, if, if you're trying to serve the Lord, 
when the time comes for you to want to give, it'll be in your heart. If you're looking for an opportunity to give, I may give to one thing but not another thing. Bill may feel led to give the, the second thing or the opportunity. And you'll know it. The Lord will put in your heart. If you're looking for an opportunity to give, I firmly believe that. Um, the, the, the paragraph I want to read to you, Paul taught the principles of giving. Our giving should, first of all, be voluntary, just like you all said. Giving under pressure is an oppressive thing, but giving that is regular and cheerful blesses both God and us. So if, if you can't give joyfully, don't give, folks. And seek the Lord and ask Him what He wants you to give to Him, because He will give you an opportunity to give and enjoy giving at that same time. Make sure it's an attitude that's from your heart. Excellent, excellent. Deacon Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to take my minute to, uh, <clears throat> or seconds anyway, just to thank the fellows in the room because, you know, as I've expressed before, we didn't do this growing up Catholic. You don't study the Bible. And I, I just really find myself learning so much more when you get this other perspective. I've read the Bible. I mean, you can come away as confused as anything, you know, reading it straight through. You know, but it's the opportunity to be in a, a group like this with a bunch of different professions and backgrounds and, and really just be able to learn. And I hope guys out there, you know, are able to find that same type of bunch of, of people, be it a men's group, be it, a, you know, a, a joint, whatever. Um, just to really, if you're wanting to learn, it's just a, such a solid way to do it. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, the pastor, we got a special permission to get you in here. <laughs> <laughs> pastor Post, your summary. Um, I agree 100% that our attitude on giving is paramount. But I also want to throw out something else. And we we're talking about, well, Steve was talking about wealth and, and everything I think one of the things that we also need to keep in mind is the Bible never teaches that wealth per se is, is evil. Wealth per se is bad. No. What, what contributes to the evil associated with wealth is, is really two things. One, how you acquired that wealth. Did you acquire that wealth by stepping on people? Did you acquire that wealth by, by enslaving people or any other sinful way to get that wealth? And then on the other side, what are, you, what are you going to do with that wealth once you've acquired it? Clearly, we're, God gave us the ability to, uh, to accumulate wealth, but I think He gives it to us for a specific purpose or purposes. And it's what we do with that wealth that really tells the tale on who we are as people and who we are as Christians and what we do with both our time as well as our money. Excellent, and uh, and I, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the different perspectives that we've had here. I, I and this is uh, podcast number twenty seven uh, for us, which is absolutely amazing. And I can tell you this uh, from my own perspective: this has been the most uncomfortable discussion subject that I've ever had in this podcast. Uh, it, it's and men and and I'll just speak for myself. I've come from a family. We absolutely do not talk about money. We just don't. That's not the way I was grown up. And and the thing about it is, um, if you're out there and you're a man, 
invite you and your friends, your other men friends, to talk about this because this is important. Yes, sir. On behalf of the Man Up group, I'd like to thank Steve Titch for joining us by speakerphone. This is awesome. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> pray us out real quick. Uh, Dear Holy Father, it's an honor to come through this podcast to reach men out there and talk about mis- uh, issues that are critical to men and to minister them. And I pray for all the concerns that are in this room. And I just want to pray a special prayer for our good friend, Mr. Steve Titch. What a wonderful guy. And we are so blessed that he joined us on this podcast. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you can find us on SoundCloud. We are now also on iTunes. We have a Facebook page that is Man-Up. And we invite you as men to join an adult Bible fellowship, find a bunch of men, get together, and if there's not a men's group at your church, start one. My name is Bill Cox, and this has been the Man Up, podcast number 27. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.